Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Who wants to talk about sex? I mean, I do, like 24 hours a day, right? I also want to do the sex 24 hours a day. But this week on the podcast, we're kind of going to piggyback on what we were talking about last week, which was how to turn a booty call into a boyfriend and how much to tell somebody about your desire to turn that booty call into a boyfriend. We're going to talk about how it relates to sex in general and when, oh, when it's too soon to sleep with a guy. Now I know, I misled you. I said we were gonna talk about sex and who I wanna do the sex. You thought it was gonna be a really fun, sexy podcast. No, it's gonna be me wagging my finger at you for 30 minutes about how it can kind of be a little bit unwise to sleep with a guy too soon. But like, wait a minute, is that really right? Because we all know people, maybe we are those people, who have slept with a guy right out of the gate and had things turn out just fine. Like, does it honestly matter? If someone's into you, does it really matter how long you wait? And actually, can waiting too long do just as much damage, if not more, than sleeping with him up front? Oh my God, I know, this just sounds like a sexual quagmire, but you know, we are gonna sort it all out. But before we get started, I wanna let you guys know you're the first to hear of our brand new Shalligator trip that we are launching tomorrow, Friday at noon. Are you guys ready? Are you guys so excited? We are going to Paris. Now, you probably were following along on my Instagram or YouTube. On my recent trip to Paris, I went by myself for a week. I had the time of my life so unbothered so full of pastries. I ate so many more than I even documented. And when you travel by yourself, it's like a tree falling in the forest. Nobody has to know how many pastries you eat. You can walk into any pastry shop and, oh, what, what is this? Is this a croissant? And you can pretend like you haven't already had four. It's really awesome. But we were talking about planning the next getaway. And I thought, you know what? Everybody was so interested in that trip. I so wish I could have experienced it with you guys. Let's go. So we're launching tomorrow the trip. Don't worry, it's not coming up super soon. It is actually going to be next April, but the first 10 spots are going to save $200 on the overall price. It's gonna be super fun. And yeah, we've got some time to like save our money, stock up on berets, yada, yada, yada. So I figured why not launch it now when it's all still fresh in our mind? And you know, we can just fill those spaces as time goes on, but it's going to be so fun. We're gonna go out to Versailles. We're going to go to the Champagne region of France. It's literally where Champagne comes from. There's a whole region. We're going to taste it firsthand. It's just gonna be fantastic. We're gonna have so much fun. So go ahead and click the link down in the show notes to join me there. And also in the show notes, you can find a link to ask me a question. If you wanna get some one-on-one -on -one help from me in as little as 24 hours, I got you, girl. 
Okay. Now the holly jolly portion of this podcast is over. Let's get real. Let's talk nitty gritty sexy stuff. I'm just going to come right out and say it. I've spent most of my adult life being a bit of a hoe. And okay, I'm not saying this in a derogatory way. And you know, I don't say the word slut in a derogatory way. It just means that you're very good at one particular thing. I've always been a very sexual person. Like I waited a really long time to lose my virginity. I was 21 because I knew once I started, boy, oh boy, once that starting gun goes off, it is off to the races. I was gonna have a lot of sex. I was gonna have a lot of partners. I like it, it's fun. Why not? You know, if you're safe and you're responsible, but look, we're all safe and we're all responsible. You know, we use condoms, I mean, most of the time. We're, we're responsible with our bodies, but are we responsible with our heart? And are we responsible when it comes to sex with most importantly, exacting the outcomes we want? Now I'm single right now. And a lot of my friends here in Montana are single. We're like out in the scene and it's summer coming and everything's thawed out and the shorts are short and the drinks are long. You know, everyone's out and about. And I have one friend and she's been dating for a while now. She got out of like a two-year relationship about, about two years ago. And so she's really been making up for lost time, AKA her hoe phase. And I've been like 100% here for it. Go out, you know, get that data. She really hadn't had like a lot of sexual experience and she was like ready to run. But she reached the point where she's like, okay, I want a serious relationship. I want to fall in love. You know, casual sex really is only fun for a pretty short amount of time, you know? And I feel like I've talked about this. Maybe it was in the last podcast. I have no idea. I create so much content. It all gets confusing. When we talked about Samantha from Sex and the City and how she's such an icon and she really is so... I mean, she was the first person who was sex positive. That's such a weird woke term to me, but she was. It, she's like, I like men, I'm a woman, I wanna fuck, like die mad about it. You know, she wasn't about to shrink herself to conform to some societal standards. And I'd never seen it done in a classy way, in a way that the woman was like strong and capable and had a career. You know, it was when we would see those sort of man-eater women, they were skanks, you know, or they were burnout degenerates, the bad girls. You didn't wanna be like them. Maybe you wanted to get as much dick, but you didn't want everything else. They were a crystal, you know? Samantha really revolutionized that. But the downside was that she made us all sort of think in order to be sex positive and like sex and be confident about that, we had to be relationship negative. You know, she doesn't like monogamy. She didn't wanna settle down. She didn't wanna get married. And I think very few of us at our core are that way. Not none of us, but I don't think as many as Samantha is hoping, you know? I don't think as many as we are hoping. I lived a lot of my life being the Samantha. Oh, monogamy, stupid. What does it mean? Ew, I would say this shit on a first date with a guy. And then I was baffled, just so confused that we would hook up and I would never hear from his ass again. Or I would when he wanted to get his dick wet again, but we, he wasn't girlfriending me up. He certainly wasn't wifing me up. And I, I am so, this sounds so ridiculous. I couldn't figure it out that I was here spewing this anti-monogamy rhetoric, this Samantha vibe, and I couldn't understand why a guy couldn't see through what I was plainly telling him to see that like, oh yeah, I might want a boyfriend. 
Why on earth would he think that? Look, why would you think that? The commercial for the product, me, did not, you know, disclose that at all. And I was doing myself such a disservice by pretending like I was okay with casual sex. Now look, I'm not saying I wasn't at all. I was a lot of the time. I mean, a lot of the time. The problem was I wasn't good at switching out of that mode. That was the issue. Not that I couldn't compartmentalize, it's that I couldn't kind of, I couldn't stop. I didn't have balance. I got into that sex positive hoe mode and I didn't know how to shut it off because I had tied my identity to that. I'm the cool girl, I'm the fun girl, I'm the sex positive, I'm Samantha, I'm a man eater, I don't care. <laughs> Break my heart, what heart? <laughs> oh God. I mean, I was fooling myself. I couldn't differentiate, or if I could differentiate between, you know, as Miranda Lambert says, the daytime boys and the nighttime boys, you know, the guys who are the good time dudes, the nighttime boys, and the ones you actually want to take home to mom, the ones you actually want to date, you have a connection with, you click with. If I could differentiate between those dudes, my behavior did not change. I didn't know how to change my actions. You know, I didn't know how to change my strategy. You know what my strategy was? But I want to sleep with them. I just... Like, I want to, like, this feels good. This is, we just connect and we vibe and like, you know, I don't want to play games. Oh my God. I don't want to play any games. Fucking idiot. We talked about this in the last episode. The game is being played. The game's being played. Okay. You refusing to play the game doesn't mean you win the game. Name one sport on planet Earth where that's how it works. Where some asshole stands out in the middle of the field. is like, I don't want to kick the ball. Where's my gold medal? It's not how it goes. It doesn't mean you somehow beat the system. It means the game crushes you. And you're standing there wondering what happened. That's what I did. And by and large, what happened was sex. I was fucking too soon. And because I want to. This is what I recently told to my friend who is in this position, you know? Doing whatever we want to is almost never the right answer. If it feels good, don't do it. Do you eat whatever you want to and expect a great outcome long-term? No. Do you buy whatever you want to without ever thinking of the consequences? Do you pop off and say whatever you want to your boss? No. You actually don't act like that in any category of your life. And if you do, you understand, yo, there is going to be consequences. You're not lying to yourself about buying a Chanel bag when you can't pay your rent. Okay? I don't know. I mean, maybe you are. Probably not. We're pretty smart women here. And yet in this one category, you are doing that. I was. My friend is. Why? (sighs) I mean, when I look back, a huge reason I was sleeping with guys too soon was alcohol. And I'm not here to give you some like sober Sally lecture, but I, I see an unmistakable correlation. I mean, people say like, oh, one drink goes straight to my head. No, champagne goes straight to my vagina. Okay, it goes straight to my lady bits. 
I'm, you feel more bonded with someone, you open up more and you open up more. You know what I'm saying? And again, yeah, I see a correlation between opening up because I'm looking also at my friend and I'm seeing with her a correlation of being emotionally open at the same time she's being very sexually open. She'll spill her guts on a date or the guy will spill his guts, which is a well-established strategy that men employ to get girls in bed. They do. I've had many of my guy friends be like, oh yeah, I'll like give them some sob story and like this and some something that makes me look vulnerable and emotional so that they connect with me so that when I make a move and try to fuck on the first date, they don't go, wait, we don't even know each other. What do you mean we don't know each other? I told you about like my aunt's cousin's dog's beehive that collapsed and all this, you know? This is not an accident, you guys. And now I have learned to see a dude who opens up and gives me some like, you know, pity party, which we know. Pity is the number one thing a manipulative person wants. It makes everyone else very malleable. When I see a guy do that, ooh, red flag, red flag. I don't find that charming. I find it manipulative. Because maybe they're doing it just to try to knock it down and get me into bed. Or maybe they're just fucking weaklings and they haven't worked through their emotions and they're like workshopping this on me as like a faux therapist from Tinder. Either way, no, no. This is, no. But I look at my friend and she spills her guts. She's very honest and very loving. And it, it's one of her strengths. But what do we say about bad people? They turn a strength into a target. They turn a good into a very bad. They turn what is something that really makes us so special and so unique into an Achilles heel. And we don't necessarily know that after three hours on a date. We only know that after it's too late. And even then, we don't necessarily put these pieces together. I mean, she, I have gone to brunch with her a million times and she's like crying and upset because she's fucked a guy and never heard from him again. And I have said as gently, and you know how gentle I am, not very, as possible, like you have to stop sleeping with these dudes. Like you have to. This is not working for you. If you were eating whatever you wanted and gaining weight and gaining weight, would you not put that together? If you were buying whatever you want and your account was always overdrawn, would you see the correlation there? Okay, I hope so. So why do you have the block in this one category that you absolutely refuse to see that these two concepts are linked? Part of it, I think, is, and I'm speaking for myself and for her and for all of us, when I look back at my behavior, it's because it was so fucking unfair. It was so unfair that this would be the case. Why can't I sleep with someone who I'm connecting with, who I am attracted to? I'm not allowed to do that. What the fuck, man? Why do guys get to fuck whoever they want? And they're not sluts. Girl, (laughs) believe me, I get it. I mean... You want to tear your hair out over this? Me too. Me too. But again, the game. You might not enjoy a certain rule of a sport, but not playing by that rule, you will acknowledge, doesn't mean you win the game. It means usually you get ejected from the game or other people are going to make that rule work to their advantage. Rules aren't designed to be fair. You know, 
I mean, they're kind of not, especially dating rules. They're, who even knows how the hell we got here? It kind of doesn't matter. We could sit here and get righteously angry that we don't get to fuck and still keep a guy interested. Where's that gotten us so far? A whole lot of plan B? Yeah, by the way, you can buy plan B on Amazon for like $15, way cheaper than the drugstore, but it's not on Prime. So you have to like already have it at your house. You have to plan your slutty episodes, but it's gonna save you money in the long run. Just assume you're gonna be a hoe and need it and just keep it around. Give it as a birthday gift. I would. I went through a year where like I gave everyone plan B for their birthday and people were delighted. Big hit, <laughs> big, big hit. <laughs> Take it to a baby shower, see how it goes. I get that it isn't fair. And I'm not even talking about like society's rules and what society says about us like fucking guy on the first date because honestly, I don't care. I have long since abandoned whatever society thinks about me. I care about the outcomes. I care about like, well, what does this guy think? <sighs> Men are hunters. They're hunters. And I have never understood that more starkly than since I moved to Montana where they are literally hunting all weekend. They love it. There is almost no part of me that understands why a guy would want to go hunt. I understand why you want to like eat what you kill and it's, you know, it's this feeling of being very connected to the earth and you're opting out of this like farm beef situation. I mean, truly it is better to hunt than to buy a steak at the grocery store. By far, cleaner, more ethical. Every hunter I know uses every part of the animal. They make a rug out of the skin. They eat all of it. I digress. The actual act of hunting, it takes days, days. They stalk, they set up a camp, they go up the mountain and they create a camp weeks ahead of time before hunting season even starts. They set up this whole little tent. They clean their guns or their bow and arrow. They practice, they get all their camo. I mean, it is a whole goddamn thing. And then they're out there for the whole weekend, scrambling around the woods, stalking this elk, a herd of deer, and finally, they line up the shot, they move, they're quiet, and they take the shot. And you know what they do after they kill that thing? They leave. They don't stay and lurk in the bushes some more. They don't. They go get the carcass, they cut it up, they take it down the mountain, and they go home. Once they shoot that thing, it's over. It's over. They don't stay up there stalking something they've already Got it. <sighs> I hate to liken us to a dead deer or a feisty elk, but that is the case. They don't value something that's given too easily. They don't want to buy their dinner. They want to earn it. They don't want someone to drop a dead deer on their doorstep. They want to go out and get it for themselves. And they want to get something that's difficult. It's a lot harder to kill an elk than a deer. I, who even knows why, but it is apparently. So it's like if you got an elk, oh, whoa, he got an elk. It's harder to hit it with a bow and an arrow than with a gun. Oh, he hunts bow. Oh, that's so cool. Right? These are bragging rights. This is a flex. No man is like, yeah, <laughs> I shot a goat. They're like, what? Yeah, it was like in a backyard. Just like fucking shot it because I'm like a goat master. It's not a flex. It's a domesticated animal. It's just standing there. You know, it's like shooting a toddler, for God's sakes. Like, this is not cool. This is terrible. Same with women. Same with women. It's not a flex to be like, yeah, I slept with that chick. Um, you know, the first night, the first night, like right away. It's maybe a flex that like, hey, I got it in and I had to do so little to get it. 
but it isn't the same as a brag like, oh, that girl. Yeah, that girl everyone wants who doesn't give it up to anybody. I've been courting her for four weeks. It's happening. Like that's a flex to them. <sighs> it's frustrating. It doesn't resonate with us in the same way it does with guys. You know what, girl? Tough shit. Tough shit. I could use a thousand analogies. I could sit here all day trying to explain this. We are never going to get why a guy would sleep with a girl on the first night who he has a good connection with. Fun chemistry. The sex is good. We are never going to understand why he just walk away from that. I would always say, if the sex was good and we had a good time on the date, don't you want more of that? I mean, don't you? It seems like easy, like a no-brainer. Like, hey, we've got this rapport going. Why clip that? That's just how they are. They are hunters. The shot has been taken. Okay? We have to just accept that. And we have to make that rule work for us. Now I know what you're saying. All right, so really what's the point? If we're going to go with this whole concept that they're hunters and it, once the shot's taken, the shot's taken, who cares? So then why wait three dates, five dates, 11,000 dates? Once I sleep with them, he's gone anyway. Look, for some men that is true. Some men are just leavers. And you can manipulate and drag it down the rabbit hole as long as you want. It's not going to matter. Once he gets what he wants, he's out. The vast majority of men, though, they're, they're dumb. And in this time that you're making him wait, you're not just making him wait and not giving him further data about you. No, 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 no. You're going on dates. You're charming him with your amazing personality. You guys are connecting and sharing stories and vulnerabilities in a healthy, metered way. Not this emotional info dump, date number one, vodka soda number two. You're drawing it out and you're breadcrumbing him. <gasps> oh, yes, we can breadcrumb men. We fucking invented that shit. And somehow we have let fuckboys hijack this. And fuckboys do that when we've given it up too early, right? We're much less interested and bamboozled by their breadcrumbing if we don't have our body involved. We can see their behavior so much more starkly. It's like, oh, this is annoying. He's so flaky. He's so inconsistent. Once we fucked, oh, no, 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 no. I need this to work out. Our heart is involved. Our emotions involved. That's not a weakness for us. Again, our ability to bond is our strength. But we cannot let that get turned into a target on our back. We can't. And really, girl, we are the ones letting that happen. Yeah, guys are going to lie. They're going to manipulate. But we're going to pick up where they left off. We're going to jump right in and help them out. We are going to be the architects of our own misfortune right along with them. So you got to wait it out all the while, feeding him more data about you, getting your hooks emotionally into him, and building that sexual tension, right? He's got to be fantasizing about it. He's spending three days out on that mountain stalking that elk, and he's thinking about what that head's going to look like on his wall and how good that elk steak is going to taste. This is what guys do. Like, it's weird and gross, but this is like what they do. He's got to get that fantasy going. You have to provide the space between what he wants and getting it that he is going to fill and infuse with his fantasies. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, um, I've slept with someone and <laughs> we ended up boyfriend-girlfriend. 
cool, good for you. Some people can eat whatever they want. Some people have a trust fund. They can buy whatever they want and they never have to think about it. That is the exception to the rule, okay? That is not the rule. That is an outlier. That's not gen pop. And maybe you're thinking about somebody you know. Oh my God, like they got drunk and they met like on vacation and they hooked up on a cruise ship and they're, now they're getting married. Okay, yeah, that can happen. It can happen. Is it the most likely outcome? No, it isn't. I slept with a guy on the first date, first night we met, like it was a match.com date. We got blacked out and slept together. We dated for nine months. He was also awful. He was one of the most toxic people. I, he was the most toxic person I've ever dated. Jason was the most manipulative, like truly like evil. He was an evil, evil person. I don't know if that's correlative with sleeping with him on the first date. I don't know. What I do know is that because we had really good sexual chemistry, it's always fun to fuck the villain. You know, evil dudes are always so good in bed. Because we had that sexual chemistry right off the bat, and because I had invested myself physically in him, and look, I'm grown enough to admit I am invested in the people I have sex with. I'm not, that is not weakness, that's not me being an anti-feminist, that is me. And I don't need to apologize for that, but I do need to acknowledge it. Because I got myself physically involved with him, I was gonna make it work. I was way, way less willing to acknowledge the red flags I saw. Because, I mean, and I remember this, I remember this. I would call him out on things, like little things, like manipulations. And you know what he would do? He would grab me by the hair, drag me to the bed, and we'd have crazy sex. It was essentially like makeup sex. It was also distractionary sex, you know? And it, that, I mean, I think was such a stark example of how sexual chemistry can like blind us and make us forget the things that we need to address and bring up. Like he, he physically reoriented me when I was trying to like call him out on things. Yeah, it's, it's very toxic actually. Now when I unpack it, I'm like, that's quite bad. But that is emblematic and that's represented in our relationships a lot. We might not just have such a clear, stark example of it, but it is there. We want things to work out with the people we are sexually involved with. Why would we not? Again, not a weakness, but something we definitely have to be cautious of. It is a blind spot. down to the nitty-gritty. How long do you wait? Is there a certain number of dates? First of all, you will never regret waiting. Oh, actually, I'm going to put a little asterisk there. One of the worst fuckboys I was ever involved with, and I mean this was years, years long. The love and back and forth and tempestuous we never had sex. We never had sex because he was such a well-known like hornball around town. Like he would fuck girls and leave them all the time. Like he just had such a bad reputation. I was like, I'm going to be the thing he can't have. I am not going to give it up to him unless we're in a committed monogamous relationship. <sighs> Do you know how many times I had to practice saying that in the mirror? That's not authentic to me. 
It's not. Now I know. We just talked about, okay, well, doing exactly what's authentic all the time, eating what you want, buying what you want, fucking who you want, not always a great strategy. That is completely true. That's true. But what if we could find a bit of a middle ground that is between giving everything or withholding everything? Because I think it's true that extremes can tend to like circle around and meet in the middle. Did you ever talk to someone who's like politically like wacky? Like they have crazy conspiracy theories. Oh my God, one of my mom's friends thinks that like Obama is dropping drones. I don't even know. It has to do with Obama and drones. I I definitely did not want to dig any deeper. And I was like, so she's like a Trumper, a Republican? And my mom's like, no, she's like this ultra liberal. I'm like, what? Like, it's just crazy meets in the middle. Do you know what I mean? And same with machinations. Like if we give it up too soon to try to hold on to someone because, oh, if I make him wait, he's going to leave. He's not going to be interested if I seem like a frigid prude, you know, he's not going to find that fun. Girl, if that is the case, let him go. He was always a lever. If it's fragile, let it break. Free yourself from that. Let it break. But going on the other end of the spectrum, oh, well, I'm going to make sure he can get none of this. I'm going to withhold, withhold, withhold. I'm going to try to manipulate so hard. Both of those read exactly the same way to guys they read as desperate. They read as desperate. Overly invested. Anything to hold on to you. Desperate. You know, the devil is actually not in the details. So what if we can find something between fucking on the first date and waiting until your wedding day, right? For me, I think three, four dates is great. Your first date, you know what your first date is? It's a peek under the hood. Do they look like their pictures? Do they have good table manners? Um, do they do they believe Obama dropped drones on people or whatever it is? It is a peek under the hood. Are we aligned in just the most basic ways? Just level one, okay? That's all it needs to be. Level one, are we the same religion, if that's something important to you? Does he have a job that I respect? Are we in the same plane about travel, okay? Date number two, you get a little deeper. Somebody shares an emotional story, somebody else shares one other emotional story. Maybe just one, okay, all right. We're getting a little deeper into that engine of how somebody works. I have been seeing somebody. I mean, it's it's like super early days. And I'm like, obviously, God forbid I keep anything to myself. But we've had two dates. We're about to have our third. First date, good, cute hugs. Second date, smooches. We didn't even French kiss. It was smooches. I don't know what you would like call that. I, Frenching is like such a weird term, but you know what I mean. And I'm like, okay, I really love this pace. Because look, hooking up is really fun. Like, going through the bases is so fun. Why do you want to rush that? I mean, do you ever know somebody, and maybe that somebody's you because it's been me, that they sit down to an incredible meal and they're just inhaling it. They're like a boa constrictor. Like, oh, like down it goes. And you're like, okay, all right. Like how sad, you know, that they're not savoring it, they're not present, or they're eating and they're on their phone and they're just, you know, they're just not present. They're just rushing through life, rushing through an experience. Sex can be the same way. And there is a time and a place for like a quickie. Who doesn't love a good quickie? But starting off, no, I don't want a quickie, I want a slowie. I want to like 
beholding myself, like shaking, waiting to get to that next base. Oh my God, we've been kissing, we've been kissing for like two dates. What's it gonna be like when I take his shirt off? Oh my goodness. Like that sexual tension, that electricity, that's what it's all about, right? That when we think about being in love, it kind of does boil down to that electricity. There's no, you can't have a second first kiss. You can't have a second first roll in the hay. So let's slow it down. So I'm looking at this dude that I'm talking to and it's like, wow, at this pace, you know, if it's like one tiny half base at a time, we won't have sex for like eight dates or something. And part of me is like, oh, the hoe part is like, oh my God, that sounds horrible. I can't wait that long. But like, how cool would that be? Because you know what would happen in that time? We would probably have fallen in love. We would really, really know each other. We would have met friends. We would have gone out in a variety of settings. You know, he would see me on a bad day. I would see him on a bad day. We would be dressed up. We would be dressed down. And if at some point between now and those eight dates, shit hits the fan, oh, he's actually awful with my friends. Oh, he doesn't care at all that I had a bad date and things go south, oh my God, I would be so thankful I hadn't had sex with him. So, so thankful that I still retained the clarity to see he's bad with my friends. He's bad when I have a bad day. What a gift. And it's a gift I could give to myself. If only I could keep the slutty part of me kind of on the back burner, that I could just tamper her down a little bit. Now look, girl, we are red-blooded American girls. Maybe you're international, you're a red-blooded international girl. You got needs. Like I said, I'm a sexual person. You probably are too if you're listening to this. Big believer in a booty call. If you can have a side piece that you can like get your yayas out with, don't go into a date with a guy you like with a loaded sexual gun. You know, just see if you can get those needs met with someone else, even if it's not hooking up with someone else, date other people, date as many people as you can, as many people as you can. It's going to give you a break from fixating on that chemistry with the one person. But I will say overall that when it comes to the issue of when to sleep with a guy and how soon is too soon, if you really don't think you can restrain yourself and you kind of give it up too early and you kind of like it and this is just where you're at, I get it. Make me a promise that you are going to pick between sexually available and emotionally available. You will not do both. You will not go on a first or second date, give that emotional info dump, and then hook up completely. You're going to do one or the other. A guy can stay interested if you share a lot emotionally. Ooh, but you're a little out of reach sexually. He's got to work for that. Or, yeah, you're hooking up, you're having fun, but he's not gonna really get to the heart and soul of you. You're not sharing too much about yourself. You are very stingy with your time. When you see him, you are a great time, but you make it hard to see you. If you can just at least, at the very least, pick one, preferably pick neither. Hold back until you get a sense of someone's character, but definitely do not do both. And you know, I know, this probably seems anti-feminist, but there is so much of the feminist revolution that has really worked against us that I believe is the patriarchy in sheep's clothing, like fucking Bumble. 
You know how much I hate Bumble. Women shouldn't reach out. Well, it's just saying hi. Then why can't the man do it? Why can't the man do it? That's not empowerment. That is one more thing on our plate. One less thing a man has to do. And guess what? He already doesn't have to do jack shit. He will never understand the feeling of your bangs and your hair sticking to your lip gloss because it's windy. He will never experience that. And that is the tip of the iceberg. Do we really need to reach out first on a dating app? He can do it on the toilet with his thumbs. Miss me with that bullshit. Miss me like the broadside of a bus. But I digress. My point is, honoring the power of our golden triangle of the vajay is absolutely not anti-feminist. It is the essence of the divine feminine. It is everything that we are. It is so much of our power. Yes, of course, your power is also your intellect and your heart. Yes, but it's also this. So if you are honoring the power of your heart and your intellect, honor the power of the pussy too. Do it almost as an experiment. Try it. If you are so sure that I'm wrong, prove me wrong. Call my bluff. Try this out. I dare you to tell me you don't see overall better outcomes. It's not a guarantee. People are shitty and they can sometimes bamboozle us for eight dates. It's been known to happen. But it doesn't happen as often. There is never going to be a downside to having more data about someone. And if we think that there is, if we think, well, I just really want to see how we line up in that way, then first of all, you are underestimating everything else you bring to the table. You are valuing yourself just as a pussy, okay? Well, because you have to give that to him because that's all you have to give. You don't have fun stories and, you know, wonderful empathy. You, clearly, by your behavior, that is really very, very a distant second to just the puss because that's what you're leading with, right? I did. That's what I was doing for years. Why do you feel like you have to hold on to him? Why is this so crucial and so necessary? Because you're desperate? Because you're desperate for a boyfriend? Why? Why? Get to the root of that. What do you, what is this man a getaway car away from? A bad career? A non-existent career? A lack of friendships? I mean, what is it? Boredom? Go out and entertain yourself. Get some vibrators. Go take a needlepoint. I don't know. Fucking do something else. Get to the root of what's driving this. I wish beyond anything that I had done this when I was younger. And when I look back, the root of me sleeping with guys was, like I said, I wanted to be the cool girl. I was so empowered and I was so unbothered because I didn't know how to have career, badass Shallon, climbing the ranks, editor, boldface name, girl about town. I mean, I was like Samantha Jones. I was a Sex in the City character. I had a reality show made about me because I was such a Sex in the City character. I didn't know how to give that character any sort of dimensionality or nuance. I didn't know how to be like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch, but I also love to bake and I love a cozy night at home and I love to hear about my boyfriend's day. I didn't have the confidence to say I can be both. I thought, well, it's easier for me to inhabit this very one-dimensional movie character, you know, just this persona, than to step out on an emotionally risky limb and be like, no, I'm a bunch of different things. 
because I thought, well, there's nobody who's going to be able to understand that. Who's going to connect to that? Who the hell can connect to someone who's only one thing? Who can connect to a movie character? Well, the answer was no one. I mean, it wasn't anybody. You know who the only guy was? Jason, the guy I fucked the first night and we dated for nine months. The toxic guy, the manipulative guy, the guy who looked at me, saw right through what I was doing as toxic people, predators very easily can, and thought, I can get my hooks into her so easily, I can manipulate her, and it's going to take her a very long time to figure it out. And he was right. He was right. So we might see this nuance and this dimensionality as risky. Baby girl, I promise you, it is so much more risky to do the other thing. And in the case of my friend, she's doing herself a disservice because she's trying to dementify, <laughs> dimensionify herself. She presents as extremely sweet, extremely wholesome, but then she's boning dudes on the first date. And I think she's got kind of a complex of like not feeling sexy, you know, and she's been in very long-term relationships that were typified with not a ton of sex, like kind of a sex, not a sexual dudes, but you know, that just, that wasn't their thing. That wasn't the cornerstone of their relationship. So she's trying to sort of rebrand herself, but she is lacking the nuance. She's presenting very, very wholesome in the date. And then at the end of the night, she's like, why don't you come back to the house and fuck me? And they're like, what? Like it, it reads as like not multidimensional, but simply two distinct one-dimensional characters. Does that make sense? She's not combining these two people in a way that is, I guess, nuanced, you know? She's, she's not blending these two. She's not like, yeah, I'm sweet. I'm also spicy. I'm a little sweet. I'm spicy. She's not going back and forth in micro increments. It's a bombardment of wholesome and then a bombardment of sexual. And guys are like, what? I don't know what this is. You know, it's, if we go back to the hunting metaphor, it's like a tiger they've been stalking through the jungle who one day walks into camp, rolls over on its back and was like, here, you, you can shoot me between these two ribs. I'm ready to die. They'd be like, what? Is this a prize or not? I'm just, I, what? This doesn't make any sense to me. And you know what? Dudes don't really care enough to figure it out. They're not going to care enough to figure it out. If your lane is like wholesome, great, go with it. Let people earn access to you. Let them earn the right to see you as multidimensional and sexual and spicy and all that stuff. If you're more on my side where you present much more sexually, I do. Let them earn the right to that. Basically, no matter what your vibe is, let them earn the right to your pussy. I mean, just to be vulgar and blunt, because that's how men talk about us, let them earn the right to that. Because what we give away will not be highly valued. This is literally the way the world economy works. And men and women, not any different. Let me know your thoughts on this. It would mean a lot to me if you would rate and review this podcast. It really helps to get the word out. And we're getting the word out about our trip to Paris next April. Go ahead and click the link down below to get notified when the trip goes live. And the first 10 signups are going to save $200. Can't wait to see you, Shalligators. I'll check you later. 
Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.